Hey everybody, this is Chris McDaniel, the senior pastor at Trinity, and I am with Ashley Matthews. Also a pastor at Trinity. Hi everybody. Ashley, do you know one of the things I hate the most about podcasts? What's that? When people do silly banter before they have a serious conversation. <laughs> so what did you do for New Year's? Ah, this is banter time. I think everybody, I like banter. I don't mind it. So it's New Year's uh, and my house is actually a big deal New Year's Eve. And I mean, not like a, a big deal as in we take it super seriously, but it's a lot of fun. And I think I, like a lot of people, probably grieved that this year was not as much fun as it has been in years past. This year felt less fun. Well, there were no fireworks <laughs> or also potato guns. My family, <laughs> we shoot off fireworks and potato guns because I'm from Arkansas and that's what you do. That's true. When you're in the hills. What well, do you guys do? We usually go to sleep. <laughs> the older we get, I think the more. Well, then you probably had a very normal New Year's Eve. But I will have you uh, know that I stayed up all the way until 2021. We, One of yeah. our, uh, actually the family we are uh, doing life with during the pandemic, um, it's uh, the fella's birthday on New Year's Eve, which is like the best day in the world to have a birthday. And so sure. we were over there and we ate good food and we drank good drink and we celebrated both a friend and the end of the worst year in our lifetimes. Good riddance 2020. Happy good birthday, riddance. fella friend of Chris and happy new year to everybody else. Okay, so now we're finished with the part. We're done with banter. You're done with it. It's all you could stomach. Why are we doing this, Ashley? We're not here to talk about New Year's Eve. Uh, We are here to talk about the season of Epiphany, which uh, begins, so we are recording on Tuesday, our 12th night, and tomorrow we'll mark the beginning of the Feast of Epiphany, or the season of Epiphany, rather, uh, in the West anyway. So in the Catholic and Western traditions, this is known as the season of Epiphany. If you happen to be Eastern Orthodox and you're listening to this podcast, which would be awesome, uh, this is a season known as Theophany for you. And in both instances, this is a season about the revelation of Jesus to the world, the manifestation of Jesus um, to the world. And um, both of these traditions take different stories as their sort of like central illustration for the heart of the season, but the spirit of the season is the same um, in, in each tradition or in every church. And that is, in the West, we talk about the story of the Magi and the Magi coming to visit the baby Jesus. So you, if you're in church, uh, happen to have been in churches on uh, Epiphany, you would have no doubt read that text. And um, if you're reading your daily office, you'll be reading it. Um, that's a story that talks about, of course, these magi, magi come to visit the baby Jesus. They're not kings as they are traditionally known as, but rather Gentile priestly elite. And um, they're told about the birth of Jesus, and they travel a great distance to come and see him. And so Jesus is made known. He's revealed to them. And through this revelation, um, these Gentiles are brought closer to God. They are um, brought a great distance. And something really new and exciting happens as a result. Similarly, in the East, we talk about the baptism of Jesus. That's a story that sort of illustrates the heartbeat of the season. And in that story, Jesus is revealed not just as a person getting baptized, of course, but um, when he's baptized, the voice of the Father is there, the Holy Spirit descends as a dove, and it's this like really important revelatory moment of the Trinity, which is a big deal. And as a result of us, this you know, uh, really important revelation, uh, Jesus leaves his baptism and begins immediately his ministry and attracts disciples uh, to him. And so in both instances, both the story of the Magi and the story of Jesus' baptism, what we see is that when Jesus is revealed, when he's lifted up, that he draws people to himself from disparate places and in different circumstances. And this sort of like new 
family is formed. So we're drawn to God and we're drawn to each other. And that really is the kind of spirit of the season. And I think for us here at Trinity, that's what we're going to be talking about, taking our cues from the season um, and really spending time over these next few weeks from now until Lent thinking together about what does it mean to see Jesus lifted up, to see him made known in a way that would draw people together uh, and to the Lord. And I think that's so important always, but maybe particularly right now because we are facing so much division. I mean, I think about, uh, we joke about saying goodbye to 2020, good riddance, but you know, this has been a really hard year with the pandemic and uh, our political season that we're in. I mean, this is just a nightmare really for for all of us in many respects. The um, injustice that we're seeing manifest around our world through racial inequality and the voices that are being heard, I think there's been a real uh, potential for major breaks in relationship. And I think one of the fears that that you and I've been uh, reflecting on lately, Ashley, is just the fear that churches like Trinity uh, would become more and more homogenous because of all this breaking. And this season really speaks to that. I mean, if, if Jesus can bring us to him and then by extension together uh, to transcend difference, then we're really getting to live something that I think is really at the very heart of the good news. And that's what's in front of us right now. And that's really important, I think, to hold on. I mean, you've said this, we've talked about it before. One of the things we love so much about Trinity is that we really are um, a diverse body. While that may not apply in every instance, not racially and ethnically as diverse as we might hope that we um, would be, we are so diverse in so many respects. I mean, there are people from all different political persuasions and allegiances here, from traditional backgrounds, um, across um, different class divides. And that's what I've always loved about this church. And I think, to your point, is increasingly rare to find spaces where that is the case. Yeah. And what we see happening in the Bible is that with Jesus, those communi- those differences don't disappear. But to your point, there's something that transcends the difference, that unifies people, brings them together. Right. And I think that's the real hope and the promise of these. Of it this is. Season. And you think about those magi. I mean, they were foreigners who then went home. Yeah. But then when you fast forward just a a little bit of time in the pages of the New Testament, you've got foreigners, Jews and Gentiles trying to be in the same house church together. And so when I think of the miracle of of the epiphany, it really only truly manifested in a sense of fullness Mm -hmm. when you began to see Jews and Gentiles learning how to be one body together. And I I do believe that we are in a kind of Corinthian moment in the sense that we're having to contend with. Um, maybe not the sort of cultural ethnic differences that Jew and Gentile dealt with, but I'm not certain that Republicans and Democrats aren't Are facing yeah, yeah, yeah. the Are same sort of right. like vitriolic yeah. tendency to reject the other. Mm-hmm. And I just think we can do better. Mm-hmm. But if we don't put ourselves in proximity yep. uh, to difference, we won't do better yep, because right. we'll continue to insulate ourselves. Yeah, and maybe the real invitation of this season is, like, the bigger Jesus gets, in some ways it's like the smaller your differences become, the things that divide you tend to be, like, they just don't take up as much space because he's taking up that space. That was true for Jews and Gentiles, for example, right? Like, to become suddenly I identified less and less as a Gentile or even less and less as a Jew and more and more as Christian. Now I was a follower of Jesus. Um, And that can only be true if I am someone who said, like, is following him. Yeah, and I I remember our pastoral residence. President Damien, in a sermon he preached not long ago on a Sunday, said, you know, that's when our little story gets in 
unfolded into mm-hmm. God's bigger amen. story. Amen. We so, amen. What does that look like for us? Maybe talk a little bit about practically for us here at Trinity over these next few weeks. What are yeah. we going to be calling people to? What is the church going to look like? I think for starters, I I think we're we're going to make a clear call toward community and neighborhood mm-hmm. and. Uh, at Trinity, we have a, a model of community that we call neighborhood groups, which are proximity-based groups where uh, people who live near to one another gather in, right now, set clusters of 10 mm-hmm. uh, because of social distancing and, and trying to mitigate some of the safety risks, but really gather so that you end up with people near you, which might be young and old, married, single, not purely based on affinity. And we would call you to new family and new friendship. And I think that's how we actually do what what the epiphany is all about, is to move toward an understanding of new family and friendship. So I think right now we have about 400 people who are in neighborhood groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's our sincere hope that that number would more than double in the months to come. I think that that's how we're going to learn to be the church scattered. Uh, There's a real risk, I think, here for each and every one of us that if we're not careful, we'll privatize our religion. And if you privatize it, it morphs again and again and again, and it can just go away. Disappear, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So neighborhood groups, proximate relationships to people around you who also go to this church, Mm -hmm. I think is going to be a major way that we do the work of the gospel right now. Whereas in another season, we might say something like that is really beneficial. It's really helpful. You should definitely do it if, you know, if you can. (laughs) In this season, we're saying something, it actually is essential. It's the way that we can be the church together is to find these, these groups. Yeah. And I would say that for us, as a church leadership, we're we're so committed to this idea that we're gonna we're gonna put this in front of you all. Those of you who are listening to us today, who go to Trinity uh, again and again and again, and um, with the sincere hope that you're gonna get involved in life on life Christian formation uh, with people who live nearby to you mm-hmm. for the most part, because I think that's actually those are the people that can show up when you know traffic won't stop them when the stuff hits the fan. That's right. So what if I already have a group of friends that I'm seeing regularly? Would our hope then be to what? What would we say? So we're not going to be silly about this. You know, Um, we want you, if you have friends, I think there's an invitation to take those clusters of friendships into an intentional space. Um, And if you are set in that respect, thanks be to God. I mean, mm-hmm. we say this with our Bible reading plans. If you have a Bible reading plan that works, do it. it. If right. you don't, here's the lectionary. That's right. I think that what we're going to see right now is that we're going to prioritize proximity and we're mm-hmm. going to honor existing friendships and relationships because we just want this to work. And we'd like to resource you in that way. So if you have a group of friends and you would say for a season, why don't we actually consider becoming a neighborhood group? Then we can all move these groups of friendships like in a similar direction. We as a church can all start to like point and aim our time together in in the same direction. So what happens? So if somebody's listening to us and they say, I want to be in one of those, or I have a group of friends and I want us to become one of those, what what do they do, Ashley? It's so easy. Just go to the website. All the information that you need is there. You will be able to register. And uh, truly, any question that isn't answered for you on the website, you can email Addie Jones or Brad Malden. They um, are not here, unfortunately, for our podcast moment, but they will um, be ready and to answer all your questions. They're great. And just so, put you in a group. Put you in a group. That's the yeah. way it works. Amen. That's our hope for 2021. We find find these uh, groups of people to do life with. And thank you all for listening. It's so good to get to be uh, with you. Good to share time with you, Chris. Happy New Year, everybody. Peace, y'all. <laughs>